Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of heckling that I did on Speaker Circle. Let's see. So I guess about 10 years ago or so, I remember sitting in my bed thinking to myself, well, God doesn't exist, and then I pulled my covers up over my head and nothing happened, and so I guess looking back on it, the devil kind of convinced me that that was true. And so uh, from then, I guess there's been a real push to find some sort of truth, some sort of answers in men. So when I was uh, a student at MU in Columbia, and I studied a lot of philosophy and Descartes and all these other guys that have some pretty crazy ideas. Uh, I mean, I've been studying from pretty much from that time that I said that there was no God. I was trying to find truths and men and all these different places. And uh, and there was actually a lady I went to uh, Taekwondo when I was a little kid. And there was a lady who went to the Campus Lutheran Church. She worked over there. And uh, through her, I asked her just to share some something of Christ with me. And I mean, I didn't know what I was asking for at the time, but it didn't really amount to anything. It was sort of a... Uh, you know, I sought him, I didn't find him, so it just sort of gave more credence to the the devil's lies, I guess. And so from that, studying all these other men, just getting farther and farther away from the Lord, uh, being openly antagonistic at outreaches and yelling at people and uh, mocking and swearing and being generally uh, abusive towards people. Um, and then at one outreach in November, I think it was, uh, I was sitting with two friends of mine. We had, uh, one of the I'll Be Honest cards. I think it was the, and the truth shall set you free, one with the chain on the back. We were making fun of something about that. And, uh, Helena actually came up to me over there and, uh, just sort of asked what we were making fun of, what we were talking about. Uh, I learned later that even the outreach wasn't supposed to go on, but and so she tried to find people to come and talk to us, and nobody was really there, so she just sort of came up and asked what we were making fun of, and uh, we actually got into a pretty serious conversation about the Lord. My two friends left after about an hour of this conversation. <laughs> uh, they tried to pull me away from it, and it just seemed like it was... Something was keeping me there. I didn't quite know what it was, but it seemed like it was right to keep having this conversation. Um, and then after we split, she went to Chipotle with Mona and several of the other people. Uh, and so I just went around campus, did my thing. And the next day or the, a couple of days later, I don't really remember, but I was in the McDonald's, which is now closed on campus. And... Uh, she happened to be in there, and uh, she came up to me and was like, oh, you know, hey. It just came up and had another, started another conversation just out of the blue, and then we ended up talking for many an hour at that McDonald's, and uh, it became very, very clear that regardless of the truth that I was looking for, regardless of uh, how much I tried to rely on men, she believed, what she believed, she believed a lot more than what I believed. She was a lot more firm. I think she was the first Christian that I'd never really met 
and uh, that sort of hit me really, really hard. I didn't know what it was, but it wasn't a person that I was hearing from, it seemed at the time. Looking back on it, it was not a person. It was the gospel that she kept sharing with me. The only thing that she was saying was the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, after, I think it was after that conversation or shortly thereafter, uh, Amanda had a Bible, a little Bible, I guess, that she had decided to bring on a whim one day that Helena asked for and actually gave to me. And uh, from that, I read through the Gospels and uh, burned through most of the New Testament in just a couple of weeks. Um, I went on a trip to Boston to visit a friend of mine uh, with another book that Helena let me borrow. One of my main points of contention was that you know, if somebody has a great religious experience and hears about Christianity, they'll attach Christianity to this experience. And uh, I was so Helena let me borrow the, uh, the biography of Samuel Morris. I don't know if any of you guys have read that, but uh, it's an amazing account of uh, somebody who has never heard a word of Christ being saved by the Spirit. It's really incredible. So I ended up through that book explaining truths of the gospel to this friend I was visiting in Boston, just explaining that, you know, no one comes to the Father but through the Son, and they were just, it seemed like, I don't know, but it was a, it was a big ordeal at the time. And, uh, but when I got back, uh, I was chatting with Helena, I mean, a lot about Christ, and, uh, we had one conversation in the student center on campus, and uh, I guess I'd I'd switched from making fun of this card. I didn't notice this this change, but I went from talking about all of these ways that this "I'll be honest" card was ridiculous and whatever I was saying on speaker circle that day to talking about how uh, awesome the Lord was at some point, I guess. Because uh, I guess it was the 5th or 6th of December that we were having this conversation. Because I, I was relating this drive home. I worked night stock in Columbia at a grocery store. And uh, I remember driving home one morning. It was December 4th. And I was stopped at a stop sign on my way home. And I just remember seeing the sunrise. Was, you know, I've seen it all the time. I drive home in the morning all the time. But I remember seeing the sunrise, and suddenly everything sort of popped, like a suddenly became a Van Gogh. You know, it was just everything was real, and uh, in that reality moment, it was not just like this really cool experience. It was the realization that you know all of these things about sin were true about me, that I was this wretched thing, that. You know, not only was God real, but I had sinned against God, that I was this disgusting thing, and that Christ had died for me, that John 3.16 was about me, not just the world, but me. And so driving home for the rest of that was uh, laughing and crying at the same time, just this weird emotion that I'd never felt before. And so I was relating that in bits and pieces, sort of stumbling over the crying part, I guess. Uh, to Helena, and she just sort of was like thinking back on the conversations that I'd been having about how the Lord was this 
non-entity and all these philosophies that didn't make any sense to that. It's like <laughs> there was a, a phone call made where she just sort of was like, I think Mike is a Christian. <laughs> I think she was talking to Taylor at the time. And uh, I don't know, just from then on, it was just, it's been, I, I, I can't imagine believing the things that I would believed. I mean, I could, I could stand up here and give a full lecture on why this doesn't exist, like how this isn't real. And I mean, I believe that that could be the case. I mean, there was no absolute truth. It's like that track, there were no absolutes and so nothing mattered. And so, I mean, the, that change that I didn't really see was just, I can't believe that I could believe something like I that this doesn't exist. Like, it's that stark thing. Like, I could really believe that this doesn't exist. And then, the, I, I mean, I was, I was Saul watching Stephen get stoned, and then the Lord pulled those scabs off my eyes, and suddenly the world popped, and everything was right, and it was real. It was incredible. I mean, since then, it's just been... <laughs> uh, reality after reality... The Spirit's been really opening my eyes more and more. It's just uh, thinking back on what I thought and what I know now, even that there is an absolute truth, is has been a real blessing. It's been incredible. So, yeah. <laughs>